You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Friday, April 19th, 2019. I'm your host, Moose Michaels. This is indeed Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to download us in the brand new Himalaya podcasting app. You can also find us in all the other usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can catch Locked On Cardinals. You can also listen to us on your smart device if uh, that's you know what you want to do. All you have to do is activate your smart device in whatever way that you do with your keyword. So let's say it's Alexa. Say, hey, Alexa, play podcast Locked On Cardinals. And it ought to pull it right up. So what are we going to get to in today's show? Well, on The Athletic, Bernie Nicholas had an article about Paul DeYoung. So we're going to ask the question, is Paul DeYoung in the middle of a breakout season? And then in our second segment, we're going to take a look at the numbers that Jason Vargas has against the St. Louis Cardinals, at least the ones that he's faced so far as uh, the Cardinals geared to play the Mets later on tonight at 7.15. So, uh, on a personal note, I started a, a noon main gig uh, in my life. I'd been off, uh, off of full-time work, or as, as some people like to call, unemployed, for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, from my uh, last radio station gig. I wanted to be closer to home, closer to my little boy, closer to my wife. And uh, so I, I got just uh, uh, a regular job working for uh, Central Garden and Pet as one of their vendors going around to Home Depots and Lowe's and making sure items are stocked up and everyone's doing okay. And that's a workout, throwing around 50-pound bags of uh, grass seed. <laughs> you haven't lived... Or even, I'd say you haven't worked until you've done something like that. So, uh, if I sound a little tired, that's where that's coming from. Got home to, uh, well, I didn't get home. I get to the mother-in-law's. She was, she was watching the little boy. And uh, we were waiting on the wife to get there. Got in, immediately took a shower, and uh, I was out. I fell asleep on <laughs> couch. Uh, believe it or not, radio DJs, former radio DJs, probably not used to uh, hard work like that, but I'm I'm excited to be doing it, finally getting some uh, exercise. We're also going to have some more Trivia Impossible coming up uh, at the end of our first segment, too. So, let's get right to it. The Athletic. By the way, if you don't have The Athletic, quality writing. Quality writing. I follow the Cardinals on there. Uh, Mark Sankson, who I, I'm going to try to get on the show soon. Marty Nicholas is on there. I also use The Athletic to follow a couple of my other teams. Of course, I'm based out of Nashville. So, you know, i got to follow the Predators and the uh, Titans. And I know that's kind of sacrilegious probably to most of my listeners because uh, the St. Louis Blues not doing too bad or, uh, either. Anyway, Bernie had a, uh, an article on The Athletic today about Paul DeYoung. And uh, it's his third season with the Cardinals and apparently in the midst of a breakout performance, at least if the early numbers are any kind of indicator. 81 plate appearances. DeYoung is uh, batting 342. His slugging at 630. 
He's getting on base 41% of the time. He has 12 extra base hits, including four, four homers. Bernie notes that the, he is tied for sixth in the majors with those, uh, with those numbers. And here's the thing. He's batting third in the lineup. DeYoung's already driven in 10 runs, scored 17, and already lined up the 12-game hitting streak. His uh, production is 70% above league average offensively based on adjusted OPS. Now, Bernie goes on to call him an underrated shortstop as well. And uh, he's been credited with three defensive runs saved in the first two-plus weeks. And that ranks sixth in the majors at his position. So, the question we have to ask, DeYoung, is he in the middle of a breakout season in his DeYoung career? Yeah, you see what I did there? <laughs> I would have to imagine I'm, I'm not ready to say it's a breakout season yet is he batting well enough to be batting third well yeah his OPS is over a thousand dude is killing it and I'll, and that part of that is due to the fact that Ozuna is finally killing it because Ozuna's doing good the young is seeing better pitches and now that DeYoung is doing better, I'm sure Paul Goldschmidt's going to see better pitches. And as he begins to heat up, you're going to see Carpenter start hitting better pitches. It's like we've been talking about this week. Make that lineup a little bit deeper. You've got Fowler who is suddenly turning it around in the midst of turning it around as well. And that's another person you kind of have to, you know, temper excitement about. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that you can't cheer for DeYoung or that DeYoung isn't going to be that kind of guy. I'm just saying it's still a little early. And, yeah, is he like an offensive juggernaut right now? Sure. Absolutely. Um, Is he going to be a star shortstop? He could be. But that's the thing. It's all this could, would, should. We need to make sure DeYoung stays healthy, and it's important to keep the big bats around him. So if we want DeYoung to stay hot, I feel like Ozuna is going to have to stay hot. I feel like Paul Goldschmidt is going to have to stay hot. He's only 25, DeYoung. Finished second in the National League Rookie of the Year voting back in 2017 after hitting 25 homers and slugging 532. Um, he had the hand injury last year, but apparently that's all behind him. So let's, uh, let's, let's think about what it would be like if DeYoung ends up being that kind of player. Right before the start of the season, we all know how the Cardinals signed Paul Goldschmidt to that five-year deal. Marcelo Zuna's walking at the end of this season. If he has a breakout season, if Ozuna stays on the track that he is, and if Goldschmidt stays historically who he is, we could be looking at another MV3 like we had back at 0405 and even 06. You get Carpenter who's on base all the time too, you might as well call it an MV4. But I'm starting to think based on the way the lineup is constructed, based on the way that the other players are performing around him, the success of this lineup isn't actually going to be on Paul Goldschmidt's shoulders. He he obviously Needs to be a productive piece. He's going to be the face of the franchise. And here's the deal about that. He's got to produce. 
because he's getting paid to produce. He's getting paid a pretty good little penny to produce. And he's also near the top of the lineup where he's grinding out at bats with Carpenter. DeYoung is a shortstop, a power-hitting shortstop, which I remember a few years ago when if you had one of those, you held on to him as much as you can. DeYoung, though, is going to, I think, end up being the battery in this lineup. He's going to be the linchpin. And because if DeYoung starts to falter, if DeYoung starts to not quite have it, then I think you're going to see the rest of the lineup suffer. Because if they know they can strike DeYoung out, it's going to make it harder for uh, Ozuna to see very many good pitches. Because they'll just throw DeYoung garbage on he's going to strike out, so there's no one on him base. And who do you got behind Ozuna? I don't think you got anybody. Not really. I mean, you could stick Jose Martinez in there maybe. Uh, Molina, once he gets going... Colton Wong is hot right now. But overall, I, I just don't know who bets in that fifth spot that can still provide that prote- that protection for Ozuna. DeYoung starts faltering, starts not doing well. Goldschmidt is going to start seeing lesser pitches to hit. It, where he's hitting in the lineup, DeYoung, affects the entire lineup. And if he is in the midst of a breakout season... And he picked the right time to do it in the right lineup to do it in. Um, I think I had him pegged for batting about 290. He may bat above that. I don't know. Uh, 290. And I had him about 32 home runs when I took a look at everything. Uh, Goldschmidt, I had for batting around uh, 290 as well. But I had him closer to 40 home runs. And I still think that it's completely possible that between the uh, top four spots in your lineup, you're looking at 120 home runs. Especially if Ozuna stays on what he's doing. Oh, my gosh. Ozuna could hit 40 home runs easy. All right. So, I tell you what. We got to give some props out to Tim. Once again, answering our trivia impossible. He correctly guessed that Mark McGuire's first home run of that magical 1998 season, a grand slam against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kind of funny, unless he'd go on later on to be the hitting coach there. Um, In our next segment, we're going to take a look at Jason Vargas and exactly how he compares to some of the Cardinals hitters that he's faced before. Maybe try to divine what we can expect. But before we do that, we have more trivia impossible to get to. Hey, hit my music. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Trivia Impossible for Friday, April 19, 2019. Before becoming the Cardinals, the team was called what? Before becoming the Cardinals, the team was called what? Tweet your answers to LockedOnSTL on Twitter or at Moose Michaels. Be sure to listen to us in the brand new Himalaya podcasting app. Beautiful UI, curated playlist. It's like the perfect podcasting app. Why would you not use it? Download it in your app store today. Guys, when you're on deck and getting ready to step up to the plate, you have to be sure you're ready to swing for the fences. 
But if you're looking for that fastball when you get a curve instead, that's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is the first chewable of its kind with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know they work, right? You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity to swing for the fences arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it free. Again, that promo code MLB. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Moose Michaels, suffering, suffering, suffering from a full day's hard work yesterday. I haven't worked like that uh, probably since I was a teenager. And if you've ever worked in a tobacco field, which, by the way, is the worst thing I've done in my entire life, it's the only time I can think of that I exerted that much in energy. Again, as a uh, radio DJ, you don't do a whole lot of physical labor. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right, the uh, Cardinals taking on the Mets tonight. Uh, first pitch, I believe, 7-15. Wainwright going up against Jason Vargas. Wainwright's uh, had some pretty quality starts. These uh, last couple of starts, of course, his first, uh, first outing, pretty rough. But the last two, seeing some positive things from old Wayno. Vargas sitting 1-0 in the season, though. His whip at 2.84, his ERA at 14.21. This guy is just getting shellacked. And, uh, well, I got to tell you, things looking pretty good for the Cardinals if history is any kind of an indicator. Check this out. Matt Carpenter uh, is 4-for-4 four four against Jason Vargas. Fowler is 1-for-5. Goldschmidt, he's 1-for-3. Molina, he's 3-for-8. So here's the batting averages on this. I'll give you the uh, average and the OPS. Carpenter, his average 1,000. <laughs> now, so a lot of this, of course, small sample size. Um, 1,000 for uh, Carpenter at OPS at 2.250. Uh, Danny Espinoza, he's only had like, he's one for three against him a lifetime. Uh, 333 average, 66 OPS. Fowler, one for five. So that's a 200 average. His OPS against him, 733, which is better than what he's doing right now. Goldschmidt, one for three. So that's a uh, 333 average. His uh, OPS also at 666. Molina, three for eight. He's batting 375 against Vargas with an OPS of 900. So you take a look at that, and you have to think historically, the Cardinals are going to fare pretty well against this guy. And then you take a look at what he's done so far this year, and you have to think, yeah, the Cardinals are going to do pretty well against this guy. But as we all know, the baseball gods are a cruel and mean variety. So nothing is as it would seem. Uh, that being said, though, when you take this, 
what we, this is kind of what we've been talking about. You have a guy like Vargas come to town. And all due respect to him, did you guys see the photo, by the way, going around on Twitter of him doing uh, some some work with the press or answering some questions? And it looked like a member of Continental Congress was standing behind him. That was like the craziest thing in the world. Anyway, Vargas is the kind of pitcher that the Cardinals offense needs to jump on, needs to help sell, you know, jumpstart those in the lineup who probably aren't batting as well. You know, a little shorthanded, too, with Bader on the IL. So weird to say IL. Um, Tyler O'Neill also on the IL. You need to use this opportunity to jump all over this guy. This is also an opportunity for Wainwright to get a little more tuned up against uh, hitters. You know, you got Robinson Cano in this lineup, but they're missing Cespedes uh, and a few others. So why not, right? Get in there. Get it done. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I would like tonight to see Wayno go another strong six innings. If he does it again, we can start to establish a pattern. And I would like to see, I'd like to see more of that curveball as an out pitch. You know, Wainwright is starting to change who he is as a uh, pitcher. And that's good. You know, he's kind of following in the footsteps of uh, Justin uh, Verlander. And we saw what happened with Verlander. He's kind of, he, he was starting to look a little washed up uh, in Detroit. Suddenly, he reinvented himself, and, all, and here he is right in the mix for uh, some Cy Youngs down there in Houston. If Wainwright can do the same thing, he can probably extend that career uh, a good little bit, I would imagine. He's currently... Uh, He's not doing too bad. He's not doing too bad at all. Now, one thing about Wainwright is he typically finds himself in trouble in a couple of different innings. The first inning, when he's, I guess, trying to settle down, trying to find his groove, and then in the third inning. That's usually when he gets in the most of his trouble. Um, The sixth inning... His ERA in the six is currently at 4.5, but in the first inning, it's nine. In the third inning, it's six. So he's really kind of have to watch that there. Uh, Vargas, on the other hand, Vargas, on the other hand, has the same issue except to the nth degree. His first inning ERA, 33.75. Fifth inning, it's nine. And I guess they brought him in relief at some point because in the ninth inning, his ERA is at like 36. And with no outs, his ERA sits at 15.43. Vargas so far has been a hot mess this year. 14 hits, 10 runs, all those earned. Getting up uh, four walks, three strikeouts. That's just in April, obviously. Just in April. So, Vargas is the kind of pitcher where the Cardinals have to win this game. You can't let Vargas outpitch you. Not one bit. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so, I expect the Cardinals win tonight for sure. And uh, hopefully the offense can get a jump started too. Of course, uh, they get the Mets over the weekend as well. And, uh, wow, it's Friday. I don't get to talk to you until 
Monday. How about that? All right. Well, uh, I know it was a little bit jerky in the uh, in the formatics of this episode, kind of going back and forth. But hopefully the Cardinals eke out a uh, series win with this one. We'll do our series MVP on uh, Monday. And I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy Easter, by the way. Happy Easter to uh, you and yours. And you drink a brewski for the mooski. I'm out. <laughs>